Church of Christ presents I Saw the Light, the reflection by the Reverend Dr. Ann Muir, presented on Sunday, August 20th, 2023. Hello. It's good to be with you again. And of course, I am addressing the situation with the Philippines again today, and I've been here. You've heard a lot from me about that. I'm going to bring a little different um, thing because of uh, what's going on, let you know what's actually what we're doing in the church right now. I want to start out with a, with a so I'm going to, you'll see, I'm going to, I'm going to be reading from a resolution that we have written. So I'm going to be more right here <laughs> than walking around. So it's a little bit different. But a, a quote I want to start with is from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He says, your yes to God requires your no to all injustice, to all evil, to all lies, to all oppression and violation of the weak and the poor. Your yes to God requires your no to all injustice, to all evil, to all lies, to all oppression and violation of the weak and poor. It's a powerful quote. For me, Bonhoeffer, with the book, um, The Call to Discipleship, um, The Cost of Discipleship, was why I went into ministry. It was that book that sent me on this path that, um, what, it's about almost 40 years later now, I just don't know how I got so old, but it's true. (laughs) So Bonhoeffer started me. And then when I did my doctor of ministry at San Francisco Theological Seminary, my uh, mentor and uh, dissertation advisor was Walter Wink. And if you know Walter Wink at all, Walter Wink and Bonhoeffer are two giants in giving their lives, their faith to working for social justice. Bonhoeffer giving his life um, and Wink um, really giving his, his uh, I would say giving up his academic career. I mean, he created a great life for himself, but it was a huge shift for him. Um, his um, series, of the first trilogy of the uh, Trilogy of the Powers and the work that he did in South Africa and the um, danger he put himself in going down to South Africa to bring, um, to fight against oppression and injustice there. So I just tell you that so you get a little bit of sense of me, you know, and you can't say, oh, there goes, and she's talking again. <laughs> this is my heart, this is my life. The interesting thing is that it has always been more academic than heartfelt, giving my life for something and really understanding what that meant until I went to the Philippines, until I encountered the United Church of Christ in the Philippines in its power of its faithfulness, its joy, and its action. The nice um, uh, combination that Tyler gave us last week, you know, the 
with every um, thing we were doing, we would have singing and scripture and then hear terrible, terrible stories. It was just without, without feeling that, that there was any other way to do it. <clears throat> and I want to read, this is from the UCCP's identity statement. By the way, the UCCP is obviously United Church of Christ of the Philippines. I've decided, is, sometimes I slip up, but I now refer to the United Church of Christ in the US as the UCCUS. How arrogant of us <laughs> to think that we are the UCC and the UCC in the Philippines, UCC in Japan, UCC in Korea, there are, uh, that came out of the same energy um, back in the 40s and 50s. We're sisters and brothers in a deep way. But they haven't always been the risk-taking, faithful people they are today. In their identity statement, they say, at some point of the church's life, its efforts and concerns shifted from the individual, am I saved, <laughs> towards the concerns for society, not merely the verbal proclamation of the gospel, but the alleviation of human suffering to include, to include the sectoral concerns of the farmers, peasants, women, children, and youth. And that is, the, that is their statement. That's the end point of a statement. That's a powerful statement. But that is what has gotten them into trouble. And you know what? <clears throat> we don't really get into trouble much, you know. Somebody might complain. We've gotten some letters. I don't know. I don't think our church has, but some of the UCC churches and UCCUS churches here in town got threatening letters in the last couple weeks um, for their LGBTQ um, plus stats. Uh, imagine, and they're, they were frightened. They had the police come over and teach them how to watch more carefully to make sure that someone's not um, coming into their building or anything. It's kind of scary. Imagine if that letter had come not from some odd group, but actually from the police. So if a letter of that, like that to your congregation saying, you are in violation of, of moral and political um, statutes here, and you will be threatened, you are being threatened because of that. You, if it comes from the police, you don't, you don't go to the police, right? <laughs> Where do you go? That's what our, what's happening with our siblings, brothers, and sisters in the UCCP. So those of us in the um, uh, wider church ministries committee of the conference have created a resolution that will be in front of the conference annual meeting this September. And I want to share some things from that, um, some of the writing. A lot of it is, is my own writing, <laughs> working in committee to get it together. But this is what I want to actually bring forth so that you know what, is, what will be there. I'm hoping that some of us will be down. The, the meeting this year is in Salem, so it's not too far to drive, um, that we can go there and um, uh, participate, uh, be a presence of Kairos um, at the conference annual meeting, and to be a presence to um, support our resolution. We call it the resolution of witness, 
declaring the Central Pacific Conference of the United Church of Christ in, in support of H.R. 1433 in the 118th Congress of the United States of America, commonly known as the Philippines Human Rights Act. Quote, to suspend the provision of security assistance to the Philippines until the government of the Philippines has made certain reforms to the military and police forces and for other purposes. This is brought forth by the conference, Central Pacific Conference United Church Ministries Committee. So I would want to give you a sense, because you might Hopefully, you have a lot of questions right now. Um, what, what is that? What, what can we say? Give you a little bit of historic background. The human rights situation in the Philippines is deeply rooted in the Filipino people's long history of colonial and elitist rule, thereby resulting in the Philippine state's systemic repression of the Filipinos' collective struggles for their legitimate economic, social, and civil political rights and rampant gross violations of their human rights. From the initial colonization in 1902 to the current form of neocolonization today, the United States has decade, a decades-long history of dominating and exploiting the Philippines. While oppression and exploitation in the Philippines remain severe today, the United States maintains economic and political domination of the Philippine military, Economy, economy, politics, cultural, and foreign powers continue to, continuing to plunder the country for labor, natural resources, including agriculture, maritime, and mineral wealth. Now, some of you know that history a little bit, and, and some may not, but it's so amazing to me. I was, I was looking through um, uh, Google. I don't know. Google works for me sometimes. So I was looking at um, the Filipino flag and the, the symbolism of the colors and everything. And in this um, Wikipedia, I think it was a Wikipedia explanation of the Filipino flag, it had one of the colors representing their freedom, the freedom that they had as they be, had, were free to be themselves with the um, uh, end of the Spanish colonization in 1889. That's it. That's what it says. They, they, were, they became free in 1898. That is a lie. That is one of the biggest lies that has been perpetuated throughout our time. It's so interesting now when we, in our day, when, we, when we're fighting against the idea that people can change history, right? erase some things so we don't have to deal with it. We did not, we did not um, defeat Spain and liberate the Philippines in 1898. The Battle of Manila Bay was a mock battle. It was not a real battle. Nothing happened. They pretended there was a battle there. And after that, there was a meeting, which I've said this before, but I'll say it again, a meeting in Paris. I mean, no, not in the Philippines. There was a meeting in Paris with representatives from, from Spain and representatives from the US when the US purchased the Philippines from Spain for $20 million. Now, $20 million in 1898 was a chunk of change. 
we purchased the Philippines and they became our colony. And that was our colony until the end of the, of the Second World War. And during that time that it was our colony, there were more Filipinos killed by us and then by the Japanese because we refused to, um, to uh, give security at the beginning of World War II because Hawaii was, a, was more politically correct. We thought that um, people in the United States would be more, more moved to enter the war because of Hawaii than the Philippines. But Hawaii and the Philippines were exactly in the same relationship to the United States as each other. We, and we've continued to exploit and take the people down, not for us. We're, we, as citizens of the United States, don't get any response from that. What, who gets it? Who's it for? You can add. Who's it for? It's for the corporations. It's for the corporations. Dole and uh, oh, what's the other pineapple one? Uh, yes, Del Monte. Thank you, Del Monte and Dole pineapples and and bananas, uh, rice. Those, those crop and sugar cane and the sugar, those crops are, are, we are ruining the Philippine area for those crops. You're going to hear, I'm going to talk more about that. I want you to hear the words that we've actually put in to the resolution. So we continue, as people of faith in the U.S., we see our interest and solidarity is with those poor and oppressed sectors of Philippine society against oppression and exploitation. We have common goals with the Filipino people for a peace and just society and will not loiter long while lives are at stake in the Philippines. We see the role of the United States in upholding oppression and exploitation in the Philippines and we have a responsibility to hold the U.S. accountable. Now, the theological grounding for this, the system of injustice that is a long history, including the peoples of, in the Hebrew scriptures who lost their sustainable lands to the production of wine and other profitable crops like olive oil in the times of the kings. The practice of agricultural intensification took the land from the sustainable farmers and gave it to the care of the overlords, whose only concern was to make money for the kingdom. We have from Isaiah 5, 8 to 10, Woe to those who accumulate house to house and add field to field until there is no small land holding until there is no small land holding. Imagine, this is so many years ago, and here we are today. It continues, and you have become possessors of the land all by yourselves in the midst of the lands. In my hearing, Yahweh of hosts, indeed the large estates shall become desolate, large and beautiful, but no one to sit in possession. The latitude of, 
fundalizationalism is what that, that um, energy of taking, taking land from small landowners and bringing it together. It's just exactly what's happened, happened in the Philippines throughout time and is still happening today. So we, along with these, um, the sayings from Proverbs, quote, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. That's what UCCP is doing. May we stand in solidarity with our siblings, brothers, and sisters there. Right now, then, today, in the context of widespread poverty, inflation, lack of jobs, uneven distribution of farmland, destructive foreign mining practices, it's another big thing. The, um, the elements needed for the um, batteries, for um, the electric cars, electric cars are not our salvation, people. The nickel that is needed, it's, I think it's like 30% or 40% of the nickel in the, on the world that they know of is underneath the Philippine Islands. And they are mining those, and the mining for the nickel is a nasty, dirty process. It ruins the land, it ruins the waterways, so the fish die. So farmers, fishermen, People, the, in, this is especially um, affecting uh, the mining, the, some of the indigenous populations. It's also in southern um, Mindanao part, which is largely Muslim. Now, the Muslims have been in the Philippines since the 700s. <laughs> we Christians were really latecomers, you know. We came with the, um, with the colonization. So the people have struggled against this with various forms of political struggle against the elites and the foreign control. The struggle against the system has taken many forms, and this is something that might be difficult to, for us to hear, including a popular legal democratic movement demanding basic rights for various sectors. Okay, we're good with that. Participation in national and local election, elections by progressive parties. We're good with that, that sounds like that. An underground communist-led revolution movement which engages in armed warfare against the existing state. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. We're not going there, we're not going there. If that's what the Philippine people are doing, we are not going there. I'm of course being facetious. <laughs> but that is something that stops us, but listen to what's going on. In response to these various political movements, the government of the Republic of the Philippines engages in its counterinsurgency strategy, which in practice amounts to conflating these various forms of struggle in order to altogether shut down any criticism of the existing system. Therefore, what they're saying is that if the um, uh, popular legal democratic movement is equal to the communist insurrection, the armed conflict. So if you're involved in that, you are involved in the armed conflict. If you are uh, participating in national and local elections by progressive parties, you are involved in the underground communist revolution armed warfare against the state. This is their strategy, 
that they have come up with. It's called red tagging. So we've ta I think I've talked about this a little bit before. But So if you are working in any way for the people of the Philippines to be able to stand against the incredible power of the US military and um, the corporations that we support, you will be called a communist. Red tagging means that legal democratic activists have no connection, who have no connection to the communist movement are publicly accused of being armed fighters, terrorists, and a threat to the safety of others. Various individuals of faith organizations and their denominations have been red tagged, including the Rural Missionaries of the Philippines, the National Council of Churches in the Philippines, the United Church of Christ in the Philippines, and the Philippine Independent Church. Activists who have been red tagged are often victims of subsequent crimes against humanity, such as arbitrary arrest and detention, forced surrender, forced disappearance, and killing. And of course, Tyler brought that up in his sermon last Sunday to us to remind us that red tagging can get you killed. And it's so, it's such a great idea for the government because they're not responsible. If someone, someone who loves the Filipino government decides that you need to be killed because you're part of that insurrection, then they can and will kill you with impunity. It's hard to believe, is it not? Is it not hard to believe? We actually see it already a little bit in our time here in the United States with the efforts against the cop city in Atlanta, the way those people have been treated, uh, killed, and um, red tagged so that an organization that for 30 years has been gathering money to support um, uh, mostly starting through the civil rights um, era to support groups fighting for um, the poor and for uh, civil rights. They tagged them as communists and took all of their funds away for their participation in funding the, giving, um, paying the um, bonds for people who are arrested at Cop City. So we actually know we know this stuff. And my friends, it's going to get worse. I can say, and I'm, I've been reading straight from our thing so that you know what is going to the uh, conference. So when you go to the conference, you'll know those. And I have copies of this. I gave some last time I was here. I have more today. The energy that allows the Filipino government and army to act this way is an energy that is part of us, too. And we see the resurrection of it with the far right and some of the things that are being said by politicians that presume that this kind of, of um, authority and a lack of a, the ability to deny some people human rights is a a God-given right of the rulers. You see, it's, it's so deep in our soul. And we have given that soul to the Philippines. And we continue to give so much money. It's the same, I'm sorry, the, the Palestine and the Philippines are both that way, where we can be 
such hypocrites, giving money, supporting military efforts that are doing terrible things against human rights. And we can pretend, we can go to the, the um, international summits, like the one that was just held at Camp David with um, Japan and, and South Korea with um, Biden, and pretend that we are all for human rights. And I'm actually afraid that, um, that some of the efforts that have been uh, really tamped down for the, um, the PHRA, the Philippine Human Rights, which is, a, which is in, in our House of Representatives. It's a bill that's in our House of Representatives. We're trying to find some senators who will introduce it into the Senate. But people, even our own Merkley, who I, you know, I like Merkley. <laughs> At first, he was kind of interested in talking to us. And then after talking to, um, I was going to say Biden, but Blinken, um, our Secretary of State, he backed down and said that he didn't want to publicly support it. So I think, what is going on? We can't, we can't maintain our sense of we're going to make the world all good if we're going to make our, our Filipino government friends or Israeli friends angry, right? We've got to appease them in order to look like we are the uh, reconcilers of the world. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, just, I'm just appalled and angry. And, but this is why we as the church in the UCC USA need to speak not only the Presbyterians are very active, the Presbyterians are part of the UCCP, along with the normal, the normal, the usual that we're used to being part of the UCCUSA, that's the same group plus the Presbyterians. The Methodists did not join in, so the Methodist churches still exist as a separate entity in the Philippines, but the Methodists are very involved too, so we've got uh, and as well as, as um, many of the um, Catholic groups. So that's a, the, the last thing I'm going to say about red tagging is that what happens is when they're, they're, the UN has very strict rules about in a wartime, in a war situation, how you can treat combatants and how you can treat civilians. The rules are very strict. When you're red tagged, as far as the government in the Philippines is concerned, as far as the army is concerned, you have switched. You are no longer a citizen. You are an active combatant. You've done nothing different. They, by red tagging you, they name you, as an active combatant, and therefore none of the uh, human rights um, uh, care that they're supposed to be following, which they don't really follow anyway. But that's how they don't follow it. They say, well, that's a combatant. So we are losing um, leaders in the, uh, lay leaders in the church, um, pastors in the church have been imprisoned, have been killed, have lost their jobs. Um, it's because they are then named combatants. To me, that's the most egregious, egregious part of it. 
And so we start out, I'll just uh, read two of the whereases. Whereas documented in HR 1433, which is very uh, wordy and documents all kinds of things, quote, the United States Department 2021 Human Rights Report on the Philippines found, quote, significant human rights issues, serious restrictions on free expression and media, including violence, threats of violence, and unjustified arrests or prosecutions of journalists, censorship and the use of criminal libel laws to punish journalists, high-level and widespread government corruption, serious government restrictions on or harassment of domestic human rights organizations, and threats and violence against the labor activists. The United Nations Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights reported in September 2022 that major human rights issues persist in the Philippines. So this is why we are, that why we are putting this resolution forth and um, hoping that people will support it, will understand the import of it. And in doing so, in getting involved, perhaps understand the import of getting involved in our local areas too. It's like the um, Niemeyer quote, you know, they, they came for the um, labor unions. I wasn't a labor union, so I didn't respond. They came for the, the homosexuals. I wasn't homosexual, so I didn't respond. They came for the Jews. I wasn't Jew, so I didn't respond. They came for me, and nobody responded. Well, who's going to, if we don't stand for others, who's going to stand for us? Who's going to stand for us if we don't stand for others? I have the privilege of going um, to Bangkok. Um, in November for the ICHIRP, International Coalition of Human Rights in the Philippines, um, global, the global uh, annual meeting is in Bangkok in November. And I'm part of an interfaith, inter international interfaith work group that is bringing the um, issue of red tagging to the forefront there. We talk, there's so many things going on, but red tagging is the gate in for the government to get you. It's the gate in to get you. And so I've been uh, meeting on Zoom uh, each week as we put together our presentation for the November meeting to really um, to, to bring forth the power of talking about red tagging. So that's, uh, that's, that's what's going on. It's pretty exciting. The United Church of Christ, our, our wider church ministries at the national level, and the global ministries, the combination of the UCC, US, and the um, Christian Church, are both are two, the top two of eight organizations uh, that, that are part of the interfaith, the international interfaith um, support for the Philippines. So we're, it's big to us, and we should be part of it. So thank you. Listen, listen, listen.